Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. Uh, I'm your host, Will Brost, and you know who's joining me? Patrick Anderson. It's me. As, as always. As always. Um, as always. Yeah. You know, always. You're always on. I admire your dedication to this podcast, that you always phone I up. I know. I don't know how I always find time for it. It's great. I, I'm glad you're here, because like, I would have loved to just talk about this album myself, but you're like, oh, I can actually make it to this podcast, and I'm like, all right, I guess... Well, I guess we'll... That, you did text me, you're like, hey, I think I'm going to do this album by myself, and I was like, uh, no, 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 I, I think that we should both do it. You do try to do that quite a bit. I do try to do that. In the past yeah. four or five podcasts, I've tried to do that, I guess. Yeah, now I'm just thinking like, about it. Oh, I'm going to just take this over now. Yeah, and I thought about not telling you about upcoming podcast but yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll see how i just it goes. get an update on my feed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't even tell you just like oh new under the scope podcast the whole podcast is just sliding me like well i feel like this was the best podcast i've done <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was what it was, but I was just on it. The ratings come in from fans. It's like five out of five. Do this format more often. <laughs> um, well, but since you are here, would you like to uh, uh, talk about this new Wise Blood record I, with me? I guess now I feel like I, I shouldn't. Oh, you you know anymore. you know you're welcome. <laughs> that sounded really like condescending. Like <laughs> you're welcome at our house anytime, Patrick. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Then. <laughs> uh, let's move on from this cynical banter about Patrick's uh, involvement here. Um, Wise blood, Titanic rising. That's what we're talking about today. Um, pretty unfamiliar, I guess, to the populace, I suppose, but making a lot of buzz in the indie world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Maring is her name, uh, also known as Wise Blood. Uh, she's a California-based, well, there you go, uh, sing- singer, songwriter, instrumentalist, producer, uh, working in the genres of like Baroque pop, dream pop, psychedelic pop, and soft rock. And these are all from Wikipedia. Um, mm. So Baroque pop is, you know, kind of maybe the most unfamiliar for a lot of people, but it's essentially a, a subgenre of pop that incorporates elements of classical music. Um, and it's kind of a pretty big umbrella term. Like a ton of artists get under this Baroque pop label, um, yeah. including, you know, like Grizzly Bear, uh, Father John Misty, Julia Holter, Bell and Sebastian, Lana Del Rey. And older artists like Kate Bush, uh, the Beach Boys, and the Beatles are often considered Baroque pop. Um, so a lot of good artists in there, um, but it's a, you know, they have some things in common, but for the most part, it it it's a pretty varied subgenre. Um, yeah. Titanic Rising is Wise Blood's fourth studio album. It has garnered significant critical acclaim. It has a Metacritic of 91 out of 100. It has a 9 out of 10 from Anthony Fantano. And it has an 8.5 out of 10 best new music distinction from Pitchfork. Everyone loves this record at this point. Um, Seems like it. Yeah, uh, until now, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is. I don't know what my opinion is. All right, here we go. (laughs) Maybe we're going to be the uh, the naysayers here. Like, actually, it's not that good. You know, maybe, maybe that's us this time. Um, but, I can tell by your tone of voice that that may not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, for right now, it's a popular pick for the best album of 2019. Now that we're four months in and we can start saying these things. Um, is this your album of the year so far as well? Probably. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> that's it. Thank you for listening to the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The old four-minute podcast, taking a, a note from NPR or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. No. Yeah. Th- this is. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, I haven't had as much time with it as some of the other albums that I love, but yeah, I mean, this is just fucking amazing. Like, it's so just absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. and carefully put together um yeah i i i, I love it and, and gorgeous really is the operative word here like yeah her vocals are just stunning 
Um, the instrumentation uh, with all of the pianos and strings especially is just so detailed yeah and that's the other thing it's not just like beauty on the surface there's a lot of care and depth and color with this record um there's it's it's very well arranged and well executed just well done overall um this is uh, this is my album of the year at this point um yeah I mean, we're only in April. We'll see if something comes out, but like, it's gonna take a lot to knock this one off. Honestly, um, it, it's the other thing with this with this record. Um, just kind of standing back and looking at it as a whole, is like, you know, we can go into some of these songs, but there's ten songs. Two of them are interludes, which are they're great interludes, but essentially there's only eight songs on here. And, like, while I prefer some to others, like, all of these songs are pretty good, in my opinion. There isn't yeah. really, like, a low note for me. Um, so it's just it's just impressive, just the execution from beginning to end on this thing. I think all of the songs are, like, even though there are obvious, like, some better than others on here, mm-hmm. all of them are great. Like, standing on their own, they're all so well-constructed. And there's so much detail. Like, this is one of the best instrumentation albums I've heard in a couple of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, instrumentally produced. It's it's just, like, if you just listen to the instrumentation on it, you can, you can get out a very satisfying and beautiful album because of how detailed and, like, every, every aspect of the instrumentation is layered... It, they never it never goes stale because like there's like layers and layers of instrumentation getting added on to each other like during songs but nothing ever goes stale and like everything just feels deliberate to it which is something that I always am attracted to is like a deliberate cause for mm. something being involved in uh, like some like instrumentation being involved in a song. And, it's just so well executed here right it's like um they're making all the correct decisions and adding things to the mix uh only when necessary they're not doing it just to add things to the mix and make it sound more complicated it feels like every just about every like musical decision has some sort of intention behind it um yeah and it's impressive because there's so much here too because that's the thing too it's like mm-hmm. you can keep adding on like that's what people do sometimes they'll just keep adding on because they're like "Ooh, this would sound good on top of this and this and it's true like you can keep going like with things that will sound good on top of each other and there could be a deliberate cause but then you get like a holistic uh view of it and it's kind of like well this is just a bunch of like you know a bunch of unneeded stuff some of this is pretty but it doesn't need to be there but this one is like there's a bunch of layers but everything also feels like it's needed, which I think is just so impressive. Yeah, it, that's that's a good point. It um it it, it restrains a little bit, um, you know, kind of just not throwing every idea out there. Um, right. I, yeah. I think that's to that album's benefit, and also like it it makes these restraints, but still sounds like maximal and grand. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like a very um for lack of a better phrase it, it, it's like an album that sounds important and grand as you're listening to it um kind of like when i heard fantasy by kanye for the first time it was just kind of like right yeah yeah it just sounded like cinematic and, and important um yeah yeah there's a deliberate cause to why the like why these instruments have been chosen right yeah right um, so yeah, I agree with you on the on the production and instrumentation overall, which was done by uh, not only Wise Blood but also Jonathan Rado, Rado of uh, Foxygen, which is uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. So another kind of baroque pop art pop band that's been popular lately. Um, when I think baroque pop, by the way, that, that that's immediately what comes to my abso- mind. Absolutely, like when I think yeah. yeah, no, that's a that's a good call. Like to me, baroque pop is like. I love you, Honey Bear, and Fox. Yeah, Gen. right. It's very, it, it's a little schmaltzy, but it's mostly just kind of this regal, cl- very classy like pop. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but um, slightly intellectual, right? Like 
pop, yeah. Right. It's there's a difference between baroque pop and like top forty pop for sure. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite uh, names for a subgenre, by the way. Absolutely, it's better than folk tronica or whatever. That was a tough one <laughs> <laughs> when we did that bony bear pop. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one to swallow. <laughs> that was like as I was defining folktronica, like per Wikipedia. I don't know how I sounded, but I couldn't have sounded confident in that description because I'm like, yeah, ah. I, was like I, you, I don't know who you got to be to be like, yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, baroque pop. It just sounds so like it sounds beautiful in a way. Like, oh, this is some really high important music. Um, yeah. Like, if you've never heard of it, you're like, you were immediately like, ooh, I'm interested in that. I want to hear what that that's like. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but... But yeah, uh, I guess something important that you um, pointed out, and I agree, is that the songs stand on their own. Um, mm-hmm. This is the... And a large part of that is because most of these songs are, like, five minutes or six minutes or so. Like, they have the you know the uh the time substance to them but it's it's also that not only do the songs go on for a decent length but they um they do a good job of providing i guess substance throughout the song instrumentally like you might begin with some sort of piano passage and then like on andromeda for example like steel guitars will get added into the mix and then you'll get a couple drum fills and the outro might sound radically different than the rest of it like on the song every day so there's a lot that's kind of going on uh that kind of alludes back to just the idea that there's a lot of depth uh in this this crafting here yeah yeah that's that's a good point yeah um what was your this is kind of an interesting question um for me because i can't pick one but what is do you have a favorite single song on here like one where it's like yeah sorry go ahead that's like the standout from everything else right like if someone's like you know yeah. i've never listened to wise blood what song should i check out from this new album it, um which actually might be a different question than what's your favorite but um yeah i think that that is a different question than what what is your favorite yeah but that that, that still both of those questions are tough because right. there's so many so many high quality tracks on here mm-hmm. um i think the one that caught my attention immediately was movies yeah that one's been getting some some hype and deservedly so it's it's maybe the most epic song on here it probably definitely is i would say yeah yeah i think that that one I i think it's stuck with me probably as my favorite so far um but it it definitely was the one that uh that wouldn't like especially the first time when i was listening to to this album when it came on with those like you know synthesizer arpeggios mm-hmm. i was like i was like whoa what's <laughs> going on here because it's just all of a sudden kind of shifted direction um after like four songs of kind of slightly upbeat uh closer to like yeah i love you honey bear style mm-hmm. uh music and then we've moved into like this sound that sounds kind of like black holes and revelations from use <laughs> that's, that's like that's like what it reminded me of like hearing those synthesizers it's a good point yeah it's kind of like it's uh, a knights of sidonia but baroque pop edition or something yeah yeah exactly it was just this weird like uh futuristic sounding um instrumental motive and then halfway through mm-hmm. it breaks into violins taking over for that same that same arpeggio and then it and then like yeah it just starts building on itself from there that it, it's great it's so intense yeah and that's um it's like the sixth track on the album and before that there mm-hmm. isn't really much sign of electronic you know uh instrumentation at all really like it's mostly piano and typical like rock instruments um then you get to you know a a a percussionless synthesizer arpeggio as you mentioned and then not only do those arpeggios change like you mentioned but not we get we go from not having like any percussion the first three and a half minutes or whatsoever to now having like this really driving percussion that is different than any other percussion on the record as well 
it's like there's a there's a lot of variety going on in this song um yeah and those vocals during that end portion like when she keeps oh, going man. higher and higher it just it, it's really chill inducing for me it's incredible yeah and the and the lyrics uh and the lyrics in in the later part are just very like kind of desperate and like mm. you know there's like this existential angst behind them where she's saying i want to be in my own movie i want to be the star of mine of my you know basically saying like you know i want to i want control over my life you know mm-hmm. and she has this like just higher and higher like you said build in her voice which her voice is just absolutely immaculate it, all the way throughout this album it's heavenly yeah absolutely yeah yeah heavenly that's a great that's a great word um yeah so i i think that's that's my that's my favorite try i honestly i'm just i'm kind of like disappointed that there's not more of that throughout this album i think that if there was it might lose its luster a little bit but i was like i really kind of want to see what she could do with more electronic influence now after hearing after hearing that that is fair and yeah i haven't heard really much of her work so i don't know if she's explored this before um i mean i've heard her on that father john misty feature last year and the perfume right. genius feature a couple years ago um and she had an ep with uh ariel pink a couple years ago um that I right yeah to. uh so but outside of that this is like the first full-length record from her so i don't know what her style I mean, I have a pretty good idea of what her style typically is, but um, I'd be excited to see if she kind of explores that movie's direction more in the future. Yeah, same here. I'd be I'd be interested to see if she could go like a like a Tame Impala Currents type of t- type of direction where there's a lot of heavy electronic influence on her on her sound. Yeah, going, like going forward into the future, just just solely based off of how movies impressed me. Are you saying that her next album might be her kid A? <laughs> God damn, what a class! <laughs> Such a good cliche. I love throwing that out. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they There's a one one synthesizer in there. Oh my god, kid, kid A. Yeah. Radiohead so influential. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it is, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's like become a meme now to say that too. <laughs> it takes it takes away from like how great of an album Kid A actually is. Right. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's like lost its lexicon where like you can't yeah. compare anything to Kid A because it's like okay, all right, we get what you're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime anybody decides to like fuck around a little bit with the synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said that about Boney Bear's uh, uh, 22 a million at the time, but like unironically. I think we were like, this is his kid. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we're guilty of that too. Like. We're victims of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we're not victims of it. We're perpetrators. We're exactly. perpetrators of it. In a way, we're victims of it. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I mean, movies obviously. This, this are sorry, just to make one last joke on it. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The audio issues we've been having lately—that's just us going in our kid A direction. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's like a low-fi kid A too. It's like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, see, that's why that, you know everybody gets it, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. We're just we're low-fi over here. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> um. So I kind of wanted to talk about uh, a song that's essentially a polar opposite. Um, this isn't necessarily my favorite song, but it's probably the most accessible song on here. Um, Every Day, I thought I think is a mm. fantastic song. Um, you know, lyrically, it's it's about you know, kind of either wanting or needing. I think she says needing, but more so wanting. I suppose the feelings of love every single day in her life. Um, and the thing with the, with this song that makes it drastically opposed to something like movies is that this is a a colorful catchy pop song um Mm -hmm. very clear pet sounds influence on this song especially during that ba ba da ba part which is yeah yeah. it's just just this that's so fun um there is a little bit of schmaltziness you know with some of that too um but it just enough schmaltziness to where i'm not like mad at it um it works for me yeah yeah, uh, uh, it has it has some like self awareness to it almost. Right, which is uh, yeah. you know when I heard that the guy from Foxygen was going to be on this record, um, I liked their last record, but at some points it was like way too schmaltzy for me. Um, mm. 
and I like that it, that schmaltziness has kind of been it mostly definitely toned down, but on this song, like he left a little bit of room for that schmaltziness in there. Um, mm-hmm. But this is, you know, it's not only a, a catchy, you know, fun pop song, but this is a good example of some of that instrumental depth you were talking about with uh, it, the bass, especially kind of makes its presence known on this song. There's some harpsichord sections that add a lot of color to the mix. Um, the instrumentation as a whole just gradually gets more complex as the song progresses. Um, and especially when it gets to the outro, uh, which becomes this sort of like passionate outburst of a bunch of different, you know, there's classical instruments and kind of rock instruments all thrown into the mix. Um, so it goes from this powerful, like climactic instrumental moment, uh, and it transitions into this like really calm last 25, 30 seconds or so. And it's, it, so this is maybe the, the most fun song on the record, and it's also maybe one of the best examples of just kind of the, uh, the different creative vision um, Wise Blood has with the instrumentation on here. So I don't know if you liked yeah. this song as much as I did, but it's, I think it's yeah, fantastic. I, I do really like this song. I, I don't know if I like it as much as you do, but I don't, you know, it's a, it's a great song. Um, I think that this one is probably the one that i if people were to ask me like hey what song should i check out i would recommend that i think i, I, I agree with day. that i think i've actually shown this song <laughs> like i think that scenario has happened to me where i'm just like hey listen to wise blood and then it's just a link to the everyday youtube video or whatever yeah because it, it kind of encapsulates all of the like in a in a very brief nutshell what like the what to expect aesthetically from the album itself mm-hmm. and then also it's just it's a great greatly constructed song and then it's also accessible so it's mm-hmm. like it, it's got all the perfect like blends of a, of a of an introduction to an artist song right right and the, the other thing with uh, that is a lot of these songs are less accessible than that if only because they're you know, often very like heartbreaking ballads, um, which isn't a, a, yeah. a criticism, but it, it might be a little difficult to like show someone a song like "Picture Me Better" and then say, "Oh, this is the new Wise Blood oh, record." Yeah. So, um, so there's a little bit of that too. Not taking away from those songs, but I find it's yeah. easier to introduce someone to a more like upbeat, accessible type of, of song. Yeah, I would I would agree with that because you know personality type is is something to do with it as well and you know that's usually kind of like a safe bet to go on the more positive side of sound versus negative right right plus it's just like you know i don't want anyone asking what's wrong with me you know what i mean just like oh you really like this song huh okay all right (laughs) everything okay at home you know um (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) um yeah Um. (laughs) Anyway, let's get away from those. We're, <laughs> we're not going to talk about those problems right now. So, um, yeah. It, uh, what I was going to say is, though, um, I didn't really actually appreciate that song as much as I do now when I first mm. was listening to through to it. Um, kind of because, like, it felt like a song that I was already expecting to be on here. Ah, and, uh-huh. and, like, that's not necessarily a negative like i still thought it was great but it was kind of like oh cool this you know this is the song this is the um you know super vibrant colorful pop song that is going to be you know on on this wise blood album Mm -hmm. i was you know i after having more context on the album and getting the slower side of stuff with the ballads like like you said picture me better which is just oh my god heartbreaking yeah. it's just beautiful mm-hmm. um and same thing with like uh wild time and um with like something to believe like these like those songs gave me a little bit more of a richer idea of the album which is always something that i you know mm-hmm. that i think most people look for but it's something i definitely want out of an album is emotional richness Mm, mm -hmm. especially with like singer songwriters and um you know people in this vein of 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 uh work you know right 
pop 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 especially is a is an area where you got to have some sort of like texture there um so after that mm-hmm. having that context then going back to every day listen to it i like it like way more now because i know yeah. you know i know that there's more coming um that's right. not just going to be more of the same thing so i think that's i just i think i approach those kind of songs in a more pessimistic way when i first listen to them because i'm like okay i hope that this isn't going to be the whole album right <laughs> yeah i think yeah. uh you know i it's that's good that you like picked up on that i think um that song or every day when i first heard it was a little bit of a surprise to me just because my context of wise blood were those two features and then the two preceding songs so i didn't know if she made any sort of remotely fun music um so that song was a slight surprise and i think i appreciated it at that point because it was like a slight change of pace um even though i love the first two songs on this record as well not taken away from this yeah yeah um but yeah you know that's you know maybe in a way it's I'm I'm almost kind of questioning my stance that I would I should show this song to anyone who's looking for Wise Blood because in a way it's not overly representative of the type of music you hear on this album. Um, I, I think a more representative song might be something like Something to Believe that showcases her vocals, but it's also a ballad and it features a ton of that instrumentation we've been talking about. Um, mm, yeah, that's that's a good point. So I'm not. I think sure. that I think that it's the safe bet. Every day is the mm-hmm. safe bet because it's like it's a fun song. It's uh, it's yeah, it's vibrant and colorful, and it has like all the instrumental um, ideas that are presented, basically with just the complex layering um, and color in there. But yeah, you might be you might be right because there are there is a lot more complexity emotionally to each song than every day actually presents right right like andromeda i think would be a great one to uh, to show people as well you know i, I mean t- there's so many songs i was gonna say like great to show people yeah oh my god absolutely and i, I think to your point about emotional richness i i totally agree with you um and i don't know if this makes any sense but i think her voice adds some sort of like emotional richness to her music inherently just because it has like it's so gorgeous that it just packs this emotional weight on its own yeah yeah i was i was thinking like um it's similar in a way to how i feel kind of when like with ed drost songs on grizzly bear records yes yes like when ed drost comes in on the grizzly bear record because his voice is just so silky Mm-hmm. and has this weight to it that's that that is like heavy um and she kind of she kind of has something like that similar but hers is more um angelic and uh it has the weight to it but it's more like it's more ethereal sounding and it, the, those it, it just kind of reminded me of that yeah where it's like they're, they're, everything she's saying seems to hold more weight because of the way that she's saying it. Right, right. And, you know, yeah. like, lyrically, uh, it's obviously very emotional, and there's, you know, a lot of um, themes of complicated relationships and, and struggles and um, even some things that could be interpreted as something even darker, like Picture Me Better, for example, where you could read into that song lyrically emotionally and think it's about some sort of ex love interest or it could be about a loved one who passed away recently like it just depends on how you read the lyrics um so i think she does a pretty good job at sort of uh crafting lyrics in a way that's you know she has some messages but it's also open to interpretation at the same time yeah it's like that song especially it's like you're you're right where it, you can you can view it as one thing or another but the important thing is and this is where her where the the really great uh, uh core of her lyricism comes in is that she she's not capturing like oh this is about uh, me breaking up with somebody this is not about this isn't about you know mm-hmm. this is about my grandma dying. I, I don't know like it's not about that it's about loss right and it's about you know just a, it's about these general feelings that everybody can associate with and she makes it like you said like 
ambiguous but also meaningful enough to where you're like that is exactly what you know i'm feeling because of this circumstance or whatever right um yeah it's it's great it's ambiguous but specific enough to like have so much meaning to it and that's like a great balance to hit and she doesn't use much first person which kind of makes the lyrics a little more relatable um in the sense that you can kind of picture yourself as identifying with the lyrics if she was just kind of like well this is what happened to me and I, yeah i think that would have detracted a little bit from it um but she, she's a great a great lyricist overall and and kind of the last point i want to make about her lyricism um and it's less about the the themes of her lyricism and more about her diction and word choice specifically um i feel like it's a little maybe a little underappreciated um but just her decisions to use certain words that complement the type of vowels that she sounds great singing. I don't know if I worded that well at all. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like like she's great at singing certain vowels. Like really, she's probably great at every single sound there is. But a lot of like when she says "waiting for" on "Picture Me Better," the A yeah, yeah. and the O, like. She sings yeah, those she, so beautifully that that word choice, I think, is, like, hyper-intentional. She could have said any two words there and conveyed a similar meaning, but her the vowel placement, I think, is a pretty underrated aspect of this record for me. But Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great observation, because that is, I'm, I'm thinking that it is intentional. I mean, singers definitely do try to play to their strengths with vowels especially, because... You know, sometimes it's harder to sing an an eh than it is an o, mm-hmm. or you know, I mean, it's just just by where you're positioning it. And she definitely has some some sort of. I mean, she's she's got has to have some sort of like knowledge about like how she how what she sounds better at because, um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. She the the vowel the word choices are are really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've, you know, 30 minutes in and we've said essentially just all positive things. Did you have anything like even remotely negative you wanted to share about it? Um, I wish a little bit that it had uh, more of an obvious theme to it. Mm. I mean, this is like, the, an, sorry, like an I, overarching theme, like a um, like a like you mean song to song theme, song to song or like an overall kind of message to it. Yeah, not like necessarily like a concept or anything. Oh, but some sort of like yeah, some sort of like holistic mm. uh, theme. I mean, I I feel like the theme in general is basically just. I mean, there's it's a, there's a, this album about like change, loss, love, uh, self denial. It's a it's a it's personal expression. Um, it's great. It's really good at that. Um, this is the most minor of uh, mm-hmm. of a wish on my part, also, because I think that this album executes what she was going for, like so well. But it's like a personal thing where I kind of wish like there was something to tie it to. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. No, that, that's that's well taken. Um, yeah, and I've seen some things of like, you know, people are saying like, oh, it's like a follow-up because the album's called Titanic Rising. It's a follow-up to like, um, you know, Titanic. Like, oh, it's a, it's like a sequel, right? It's like about uh, mm. what it would be like for those people on Titanic. Or, you know, they're trying yeah. to conceptualize certain things, but it feels like a bit of a stretch for me okay. on that. Um, anyway, I, I, I don't like... I, I don't want to say like ah oh, it should have been a concept album but <laughs> right there is there is something to be said about like the feeling that I have afterwards where like I'm mostly so impressed by song to song and uh, lyric to lyric and every you know all these little details I'm mostly impressed just how well constructed it is not necessarily um, like as as an album like the holistic feeling that i get afterwards Mm, okay if that makes sense yeah yeah so would you say you i mean it it sounds like you really do enjoy this record would you say you 
appreciate this record more than you enjoy this record or am i misreading that and does that question make sense it does yeah that does make sense um i don't know because every time i go back to this i like it more and more Mm. oh that's good i think that i think that it's just like um with albums like this i you know i tend to like want some sort of higher meaning to it than mm-hmm. they than they sometimes offer if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and that's like that's kind of like a selfish choice but like that's something that like with the father john misty record that came out in 20, 2017 mm-hmm. that was something for me that makes that album like close to a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. because it's like it has all these elements of you know i don't want to try to compare them because it's kind of an obvious comparison but just for the sake of debate here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the uh the those two genre these genre sorry this genre and these two artists do really really well at this similar style mm-hmm. the difference with that one that made it like that much better is because there was this holistic idea of like social commentary and um basically like a complete like purging of this i this philosophical idea of what he thought about society and uh life and as we know it right now mm-hmm. so that the, it's just like this tiny little bonus that i kind of want with each great record that I hear, you know what I mean. That I think it's a selfish thing for me, but I'm always trying to look for something like that. It's totally- and with this one, I think that I, I, I really do. Yeah, like you said, I think I appreciate it more than I love it because I really like this album a lot. But it doesn't have that tiny little thing that would, for me, push it to be like, oh God, this is brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Um, and I think not that the overall meaning of an album is entirely in its lyrics but when we discussed her lyricism um you know we talked about how it's this death of the author approach where you know she provides right. some structure but there's a lot of interpretation that goes Which on I love. With that. I yeah. love that idea. Right, I do too. And the the one thing with that is if you leave the interpretation kind of open that kind of makes it less likely to contribute to like an overall larger theme. So like if, if like father John Misty did pure comedy in a way where we could interpret what the songs were about less so than, I I don't want to say it sounds preachy or anything, but some songs were clearly about certain topics. And I think that kind of helps contribute it to like this overall theme that you're getting at. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I'm not sure which I prefer, but I think this really works for her, the style she's doing. But I, your, um, your take is well taken and totally fair. Yeah, I think that I, I don't necessarily think it, like, it doesn't vote as a negative to how I feel about the album. I think it's just a thing of, like, um, just i don't know like a it's a it's a personal bias that i wish was applied to mm-hmm. more albums um and i think most recently with father john misty having done that with like this style of music i'm like immediately inclined to be like ooh, let's see if they you know if they did something with that yeah um which is not it's not a negative because I can't I can't judge negatively just because somebody didn't do something. I can only right. judge negatively off of what they did do. So that you know. Right. It's trying to um kinda view the experience as they intended it to be, I guess. I am not sure. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't really have uh, any significant negatives. Um you know, while I while I do really enjoy mirror forever and wild time i think they are a slight step below the other non-interlude songs on this record and Mm. the fact that they're back to back doesn't help things a lot for me um and they're both kind of close to the end as well um so that's like my biggest slight i guess the other thing would be this record and this kind of goes back to what we were, were just talking about over like things i would maybe selfishly prefer um, 
is that this record, while it's it's very ambitious, it's not like you know genre changing or anything like that. It's just maybe the most yeah. well executed version of this genre I've ever heard. <laughs> so it's not really my complaints aren't really complaints. It's just kind of. I mean, I guess they are complaints, but it's like incredibly minor, incredibly minor to the point where like, I don't even think about that while I'm listening to it. All the positives just outweigh that completely. So I think that, I think that I've been more hypersensitive to like what, what the negatives should be on this because of also because of the insane amount of hype and critical acclaim this album has been getting. Mm -hmm. I'm immediately like, okay, like it can't be that good. Right, Right, right that's usually how i am when going to with going to albums but um i mean this one this one is that good i would say that it's that good but i would say that that it it is that it, i i keep saying that good it is that good mm-hmm. but like you said it's not a groundbreaking record it's like it's definitely like um an album of the year contending record but not necessarily mm-hmm. something that's like 10 years from now, people are going to be talking about how this reshaped the, the framework of Baroque folk, whatever. Folktronica. Yeah. Uh, Folktronica. <laughs> Maybe so, Folktronica. It might reshape that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Like, I think just kind of standing back, I'm not sure, like you mentioned, like a decade from now, are people going to still be talking about this record? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but which is like the highest standard you can right, hold yeah. something to. So it's not really a negative. Yeah, it's a hell of a bar. But yeah, the thing is like that's Sergeant Pepper's stuff. <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> the the thing is though, like I'll probably be listening to this ten years from now, if only like you know every now and then. Like I think this album will have a significant impact on me, like in the future, yeah. like it already does now. And I think that this has the feeling of a record that's going to stick with me for a long time because it's it's a substance album it's not a a style album i mean there is a lot of style to it but there's there's a lot of depth here and i keep harping on that but that's what makes this album um, ultimately amazing and that's where the replay value comes from um for me i i would i would agree with that i think that um judging based off of how um just how much I like it more and more every time I listen to it, I can see that it's an album that's like very significant. Um, and yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll definitely age very well going forward. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted? We kind of flew through this. Is there anything you want to get through before final thoughts? Um, I don't know. Yeah. There really was, aren't too many like, deliberate negatives that stand out from here i'm curious to see what you think about tracks like like titanic rising like the title track where there Mm. are some of these moments of like um ambience and like just slowness and i know that sometimes like i like those quite a bit and i know sometimes for you they can kind of pull away from Mm, the mm. the the music so like what did you think about that yeah that's it that's a Correct assessment. I think you typically like these these moments more than I do. In this case, I I do really like them, which I was surprised at when I saw the song length. I was like, okay, uh, let's see. And you know, that's just kind of that's my fault. I probably shouldn't be judging songs on song length, but usually that tells me, oh, this is some <laughs> interlude I could do without, right? Um, Titanic Rising, I thought was. It, it, it is a very beautiful instrumental, and it went on just long enough for me. I think if it was an extra 30 seconds or so, I probably would have started to get a little annoyed. Um, Near to the, I think, is actually, like, incredible. Like, it's, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's a very nice close to the record with this string instrumental. And it's, I love this. It's like a it's like a reprise of the introduction it's kind of like mm-hmm. uh the suburbs continued or whatever i was about to say yeah 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 that, so that's exactly what it reminded me of i love that decision to kind of tie it back to the beginning um and it's it's a great way to close the album because it's not only well done but it's it's a minute and a half or not even that uh, it's like a minute or so encapsulation of the kind of instrumentation you get on this record so um I really like both of them. I prefer near to the, 
Um, and I think that is actually getting underrated when talking about like these interludes, I think are underrated to the album experience. Um, I haven't seen much I do, discussion I on them. Think they're, I definitely think they're underrated. I think that they're, they're some great, great moments. And I think they're kind of key to this album as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they provide a nice break too, or at least the middle exactly. one does. Yeah. I, I was saying, um, I, in my notes, I, I, I was saying that like Titanic rising, especially mm. is a, is a very great choice, like a significant choice on this album because without it, like it just provides like the perfect palate cleanser before you go into movies, which is like right. the most outstandingly kid a ish. Right. <laughs> this is her kid a and, and, um, and, uh, Titanic rising is her in limbo, I guess, or tree fingers, tree fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tree fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, nearer, nearer to the, is the, the, the last chord of, of motion picture soundtrack. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually a really great point. I mean, not the kid a stuff, but the, the, the great point you made about just kind of helping with the transition from a song like something yeah. to believe into movies because um, that transition might not work all that naturally for one and then two there is something to be added with that just little instrumental passage um so yeah yeah I, gets, I figured gets... i figured you would like those moments but i'm glad i like those moments this time around as well because i normally you're right i'm normally kind of like eh, would we lose much if we didn't have those is kind of the stance i take normal yeah the, those moments are usually like sometimes my favorite moments <laughs> on record because they're even if the record is kind of like eh, like not a great record if it has like an ambient passage i'm like oh at least i get a break here that i can like appreciate some 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 beautiful ambience true true <laughs> but i was uh, i i want just was wanting to say with those two instrumental moments i think that it's uh it I usually do love those moments on albums, but this one is like significant because um, because of the transition one from Titanic rising into movies, um, and then also just the amount of emotion and familiarity that Near to Thee brings. It mm. adds so much texture mm. and um, like perspective into this album um, that I don't think that it would. It, it, a hundred percent would not have if those two either of those two weren't added into into this record yeah i um, agree and so, I'm, I'm glad you brought them up, uh, them up because i meant to and i i forgot um but I, i'm glad you, you know I, you know i gotta talk about the ambient oh stuff. absolutely and there's some there's some good ambient <laughs> moments on the actual tracks here and there as well yeah uh, right a lot yeah. of the outros i think especially have some but um yeah 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 it's uh yeah great stuff all right well, you want you want to go into i don't really have anything else out like outstanding oh, so. right outside of final thoughts i didn't really have i'm kind of looking through my notes right now but nah, nothing i haven't really said other than i just want to accentuate the fact that the the minor complaints i brought up are that they are minor and they ultimately don't matter much for me so yeah yeah, yeah same here yeah, yeah. So, all right, who wants to who wants to go first here? You, you kick us off. Ooh, I'm kicking us off. Okay, do it. <clears throat> Let me get my water while I uh, while I read this because mm. I typed a That's, lot for this final thoughts. Um, so. You do the ventriloquist drinking water while you <laughs> while you read it, <laughs> which would be great for. An audio-only podcast, by the way, such yeah. a sick track. Wow, Will's so talented, <laughs> guys! I swear I'm doing this. Dude, just check this out. Um, <laughs> this is a new market, ventriloquist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible market. Um, so yeah, so I, I typed a lot. Um, it's mostly just kind of, you know, it's not much repeating what we've talked about it's more just kind of how i view pop music and how my views on pop music have have changed but really just i've i've really gained an appreciation for these like colorful well-crafted pop albums over the past half decade or so like since we've been starting with this podcast really um when i listed out my top 50 records of last year uh, my number two choice was In a Pullman Limited by the art pop act U.S. Girls. Um, when I listed out my top records of 2017, 
Uh, my number one choice at the time was No Shape by the chamber pop musician Perfume Genius. Um, and maybe you remember this, maybe you don't, but I think part of the idea of even doing this Under the Scope podcast was partially derived from a conversation at a bar we had about I Love You Honey Bear, a record we adore from Baroque pop artist Father John Misty. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. I totally forgot about that, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So, like, since that album especially, you know, there's other pop, you know, art pop, chamber pop, Baroque pop, you know, whatever. The, the point is I, I've recently come to recognize these more ambitious, more epic, more colorful styles of pop as, like, some of my favorite genres in music. Um, and while I've always liked some of these records, like I really like Vecatomist and, you know, a lot of other formative albums in my youth, uh, these later records that I, I mentioned, uh, I guess earlier, my final thoughts, they really help solidify these styles of pop as like really like other than like abstract hip hop, you know, some of my favorite subgenres out there, period. Um, so I, I love all of those records I, that I mentioned, um, but I, I love Titanic Rising more than them. Um, mm. Wise Blood created a record that is, it fills a lot of dichotomies for me. It's, it's epic in its presentation, but it's very appropriate in its um, overall length, right? It's only 42 minutes, but it, it feels much grander than that. Uh, it sounds very otherworldly at times. She's kind of taking you to a different atmosphere on a couple tracks, but it's emotionally intimate at the same time. Uh, it sounds incredibly high class, but it's tangible and relatable at the same time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, in, in some weird way, this is like a pretty tough record for me to discuss, um, but only because I can't help but praise this album like at every turn you know it's like oh will what what do you think about the vocals on this record it's like oh those are great and it's like oh what about the <laughs> instrumentation oh those are also great anything you didn't like not really all right cool, cool discussion yeah. um i think you know i'm kind of speaking for both of us but i i think our job is easier when a record has you know a bunch of numerous positive qualities but also some negative qualities that you can criticize and discuss as well um, oh yeah yeah you know like just, it's way easier to talk about a six out of ten record than it is uh it is a nine or yeah eight out of ten record right absolutely like i mean you know there's the sweet spot of album right where it's you know there's a lot to talk about um with here it's just it's fantastic i think all the time it, that's the thing it doesn't really have any negative qualities that i can really latch onto without sounding like a one of those you missed a spot type of bosses like i would really be nitpicking if i if i had some overwhelming negative that i would just latch onto this album um so this record isn't flawless in the same way that every record isn't flawless my favorite record of all time has flaws to it that's just how this works but mm -hmm. this record may as well be flawless given how much i enjoy it so Wise Blood, Titanic Rising, gets a 10 out of 10. Whoa, what? Yep. Holy shit, that's the first one. The first, the first 10. History, history yeah. made, I guess. But it's true. And, and, you know, and I thought about, like, am I really going to give this a 10 on the podcast? But just standing back, like... You know, and I hate using objectively with music because it's not really that. But this is—it's well arranged. You know, I can stand back and admire just how well done this album is. But I—I yeah. I also listen to this all the time. Like I have that subjective taste component to this as well, and it's yeah. just a perfect match of that. And uh, yeah, I really can't. You know, very very minor gripes, but it's still on that ten tier for me. So. Damn. I, you know, I've it's, in the time we've been doing this podcast, I've had a couple of albums that I'd give a 10 in retrospect, but this is the first instantaneous 10 out of 10 for me since To Pimp a Butterfly, which is uh, saying a lot. So, 
That's that's fucking great. Yeah, um, I I'm, love I love I'm this record. Happy to hear it, that. This is this is incredibly sincere for me. I'm not trying to just like throw out a ten just to do it, but I mean this is how yeah. I feel. So, well, it's been what four years coming since we've yeah, uh, just about since we've done this, and we we've never neither of us have ever thrown out a ten right on the podcast. I think I've. I've thrown out a 10, but like it wasn't on the podcast. Like Nick Cave's album in 2016 mm. is a 10 for me, but mm-hmm. we didn't do a podcast on right, that. Right, because we didn't do quarterlies at the time, and we probably would have. Um, yeah. Or something like that. But yeah, yeah. And, and I've, that's awesome. I flirted with throwing a 10 out there before on a couple records, but I was like, ah, no, because there's this one thing about it that I just can't, you know. But not, not here. Not here. So there you go. Fantastic. 10 out of 10. That's great. That's awesome, Will. Thank you. Thank you. Damn, I should have had you go last so and we could you know what? I, off on that. I, that's okay. I didn't want to say, like, no, nah, you go first. Because, like, I don't know. I thought that might give away something. But um, I don't know. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep my thoughts brief. Because <laughs> oh, I thought you, just, I thought you were going to say I'll keep them to myself and just end on me. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to end on <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll... I'll, I'll keep them brief and uh, so that we can we can bask in the in the fact that we'll just gave out our first 10 there you go um, <laughs> yeah I, I I agree with will on an, on a good amount of this that it's just a beautiful colorful um, experience full of life and personal meaning and just uh, you know just a very extremely well crafted project and normally I'm not like attracted to projects like that right off the bat like it takes some getting used to for me but like after one listen i was drawn into this and there is some quality to this that definitely speaks for itself um yeah so to all the positives that will said but with my own personal um once from an album it's a nine out of ten for me. Nice, which is still significant, but right, especially for us. You know, we generally yeah. don't throw. Well, we until now have never thrown out a ten, but then we generally don't throw out nines as well. So it's not, you know. Either way, this is the highest rated album for both of us this quarter too, because I haven't thrown out any oh, nines yet that's for right. uh, for this or not for this quarter for the year. So right, no, that's that's right. Yeah. Wow, that's right. I, yeah, I'm wow. Okay, so this at this point. I guess this is both of our favorite album of the year at this point. Yeah. Um, but Rob Thomas is coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, that's the only reason I couldn't give it a 10 because I'm, I'm saving that. <laughs> Are we sure it's Rob Thomas good or just pretty good? <laughs> yeah, come on, Will. Have some perspective. I'm going to have here. to bust out the 11. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah. Can't so. shut down the podcast. We're done. <laughs> Uh, so, so nine and a half out of ten combined score for Titanic Rising, which um, might be, I mean, that's essentially tied for any album we've done since the podcast began, you know, both on and off the podcast. Just if you were to combine our feelings on any album released in that time, nine and a half would probably be the highest. I don't yeah, think we right. we both don't have a ten out of ten. That's the same album, at least in the past few years. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so. So yeah, so um, you know that's that's ancillary. I gave it a ten. That's that's ancillary. What's what's really important in the big takeaway is like everyone should listen to this record, um, partially because while she is getting a lot of buzz, uh, it's I don't I don't think it's enough buzz. Um, and I don't know if this is the kind of record to like. This definitely isn't the kind of record to make hit radio or anything, but it but it is accessible and it is the kind of thing you can throw on and you don't have to really try to figure it out. I think these songs stand on their own. Um, but I, I think a lot of people would love this record if they gave it a shot, even though Wise Blood isn't a household name by any means. So, hopefully, she will be soon because this is a great record. Right, right. And I, I yeah. honestly, I should have seen this greatness coming just because those features she had were some of my favorite moments of the respective years. Honestly, like she's oh yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Wise Blood. Um, and. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Anything you wanted to throw in before we headed out? This is a great day. 
we did our we did our uh, we did a first ten out of ten. I'm so glad that you liked this album that much. I'm that glad you did happy. too. I was afraid you were going to come out with like a six out of ten take, and I was going to be like, oh, I think it's a perfect <laughs> oh, album. Damn. <laughs> that would have been a way more interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, I probably would have hedged it to a nine just to be like, <laughs> so you wouldn't be like, really. You think? <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm like, all right, Will. <laughs> right. You dumbass. <laughs> Absolutely. Come out with like the Bill Maher. <laughs> you think that this is dead? You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's a pretty good Bill Maher. Is he over there? Is that who that was just now? Oh yeah, yeah. You know how you usually get the the uh, music guests into your apartment. I get random people like Bill Maher, who I don't really like, to come and just sit in my apartment. <laughs> that's incredible um so yeah yeah, i'm glad you like this record as well um shout out to wise blood and uh thank you for listening bye-bye